Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast. Um, I'm Shelly, your host for today, and I am joined by my friend Sabrina, otherwise known as Pe- Perry Lego Adventures. Did I get that right, Sabrina? Yep, that's right. Awesome. And we are here to talk about surrealism, which is this challenge that we um, are participating in in our MeWe community. And I brought in Sabrina because it turns out she's an expert. (laughs) Definitely not an expert. (laughs) So, hey, Sabrina, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and why I think you're the most fascinating person right now. (laughs) (laughs) You just gave me an intro like I'm like the the most interesting man in the world from like Das Equus or something. Um, yeah, but sure. I'm a, I've been a toy photographer since 2015. Um, it started out kind of like, I think everyone else, just a joke. I, um, I'd seen like Andrew White's photos. I was trying to think of a gift that I could give my husband for our first Christmas married. Um, and Andrew White was like taking pictures of his sig fig just everywhere that he was going. And I thought, oh, that's, that's cool. I should, I should do that. Cause, um, me and my husband never took photos when we were dating like ever, which is weird because like, I, I always take pictures of stuff. Like I love photography, but for some reason I'm just like, I think you never take pictures of yourself. Um, so I was like, Oh, this is a cool idea. I'll take these two little fig- sig- like signature figures that look like me and my husband. And I will, um, I'll do that. So I brought them to all the significant places in our relationship. And then, um, I started posting them and that's why it's called the Perry Lego adventures. Cause that's our last name. <laughs> and then I think, so I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you picked me because I have a degree in philosophy, even though it was an accident <laughs> and I have was like three credits away from finishing my like minor in art history. So, um, and that's in hindsight, because in hindsight, I realized I was only three credits away, Ye- like a few years later, not at the time, because at the time I probably been like, oh, I only have three credits, I can finish it, but I didn't finish it. Um, but I think that's why that's why I'm here, because it's art history and surrealism, which is like philosophy, and I guess because I'm a toy photographer. <laughs> So there you go. Three three reasons why I've been invited here today, which I'm very excited about, by the way, because this is very, actually very surreal. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to have you here. We kind of bonded over the January Toy Photographers Meetup online because uh, Sabrina's been lurking in the background for quite a few years and she popped up and turns out this fascinating woman is hanging out in our community and I thought it would be super fun to have a conversation about surrealism and toy photography and this this challenge came out of the blue I'm not sure where the idea came from but somewhere along the line it really struck a chord in the community and we're here to sort of like hash out why why this was so successful. So what do you think, Sabrina? What are your ideas on why this hit a chord? I think surrealism and toy photography kind of go hand in hand. I probably would never have equated toy photography to surrealism. Um, You know, there's a lot of articles about it, but I've never, it's like one of those things I think in the back of your mind, you're like, sure. It makes a lot of sense, but you don't really think about it until you asked me to be on this podcast. And I was like, I really got to take a deeper look at the meaning. And I think with the change in the world, with the pandemic, with so many people protesting, with social media just being um, inundated with like a lot of cancel culture or those sort of like feeling oppressed, even feeling oppressed in your own life, not being able to say what you want to what you want to say or um express those kind of ideals and with like surrealism it's like you're bringing you're able to express those things without really thinking and i think that kind of it's very freeing to just be able to like take a picture and then leave it 
for the world. Maybe and maybe people are putting certain thoughts into it where they're ex- trying to express themselves in any certain way, but it's like you put it out there and you just feel a little bit freer. And I think there's something addicting about that. I, th- I think that freedom, I think that freedom is really at the heart of it. And when you look back at the 1920s, when surrealism was first getting going and the original surrealists were working, which was what, what, what were they? What, what's our, our laundry list of Andre Breton, the, the poet and Dali, which everyone knows with his melting clocks and Magritte with his, uh, what, the the man what was it the yeah, son of man son of man photo with which is which is the green apple, the apple in front of the guy's yeah. face with the bowler everyone has that image i mean that's like a like a, a meme at this point um man ray and then there's uh lee miller and then another female that was really popular at the time was lenora carrington so these are some of the groundbreaking artists and they were from my understanding breaking out of the World War One constraints of a nineteen early twentieth century Paris and the expectations of the society, and they were just they were they were done with that. They had seen so much in the war, so much death and horror, and they just they wanted to recreate and and do something different. Which I feels like there's a, there's some similarities with what's going on now. Just creating something new, something different, a different way of looking at the world. Yeah, I think with the original, with Andre Breton, he was very interested in Sigmund Freud and the idea of like um, the unconscious mind. And surrealism is like, is like an answer or like a tangent or a parallel to Dada. Both those both those um, movements were because the it was the idea that because the world was so crazy and World War One happened, we should probably not do whatever we were doing to cause World War One. And so it's just doing doing things a different way in order to not let that happen again. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a big it's a big change. Yeah, there's a lot of anger behind Dada. While surrealism was more into the Sigmund Freud, what are your dreams saying, and what do you really want? Yeah, what does it all mean? <laughs> like, I don't think we've ever answered that question. And when you start thinking about life in these huge terms, it's just like when you when and you throw toys in there, it just seems like, like, I I don't know. There's like a there's a real freedom in how you can express yourself with toys if you break away from a lot of the toys original meanings or or embrace toys without a, a very strong backstory i think you just have a lot a lot of amazing options and how you put them together and i think that might be what we're seeing yeah i yeah i think um i think with the toy so obviously toys are like meant for children and children are usually they're playing with the toys and they're unlocking something in their imagination. And I think when toy photographers then go and they start using the toys for uh, like going back to their childhood or like using toys to like express themselves like in another way, it's like you're unlocking something that you had as a child like you're unlocking your imagination or bringing new worlds and it's like those things that you did as a kid and when then you grow you grow up or you start like the world starts acting upon you in ways where you start to get angry or um sad or things just happen to you and you they start learning and you get a little bit more um you like you lose that sort of innocence that you had then i think when you you can kind of touch it when you are taking a photograph and kids have a way of like looking at toys and being like oh this is a like a little tiny brick could just be a brick wall or a house and you kind of are unlocking that sort of thing when you like just put something on the page even though it might not be that that's sort of what it could be so it could be anything and I think that's freeing. That's really a good word, freeing, and also the idea of toys as a as a key to unlock both what's going on inside you as well as your your history, 
both your your past, your present, and your future. I mean, it could could be any of those things. So um, we both created photos. You created a lot of photos. I created, I think, two photos. It's a very hard challenge for me, like to break out of my little world that I've created for myself. So um, yours is so many awesome photos that you created this month, Sabrina, really so many fun stuff. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I loved how you embraced so much of just bringing in the symbolism that is often seen in, in the surrealist world. So, uh, so Sabrina's photo is about uh, very, very much a, a white square with a big strip of black across the bottom. And there in the middle of the frame, is a, a, a kind of like a, a light tan sort of a diffuse area and on that is a bike of a red bike and he has the the bike has lobsters for wheels and this i think that's what is intended here the lobsters on the wheels and then riding the bike is a bowler gentleman looks a little bit like charlie chaplin but it could be any suited man in a bowler, which is very much a, both of these items, both of the lobster is a very famous photo from the surrealist, which is a lobster over a telephone. And whenever you look into surrealist photos, that was a very famous one. So we have this, this traditional icon here of the lobsters on the bike, red lobsters, red bike, and then the bowler gentleman, which was made famous in the Magritte series of paintings with which I think was just sort of represented of breaking away from traditional roles of, of a male at that time and recreating that. Or I guess he would create the, he would represent the everyman. And then in the background, it's just very white. So you have this sort of near silhouette of a bowler hatted gentleman on a bike with lobster wheels. So Sabrina, what's going, where's this coming from? <laughs> what inspired this yeah so i did take i did take a lot of photos because i was trying to get into the surrealist mood i i have a degree in philosophy so i'm very much like a rational like i kind of it's so very hard for me to like to let go um or to like not go with rules in that in that sort of sense or so and every time i think about surrealism like when i think about the surrealist i'm always thinking about like son of man like lobsters and telephones clouds and the and then the other thing that i think about is just like putting everything just randomly i don't know if it's random or not because i i did create it but putting all the like different objects together on a page to create like another object that's those are the things i think about when i think about surrealism so i was like okay i'll get some lobsters because lobster telephone i'll put them on wheels because lobsters are not wheels and then wheels can't move if the lobsters are on it and part of the idea what part of surrealism is to put a lot of surrealists would juxtapose different objects together to make it more a little bit more absurd. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. And then put the bowler hat to represent the everyman, even though people don't wear bowler hats <laughs> anymore. But I was trying to get that like surrealist feel because that's what I think about when I'm thinking about surrealism is like men in bowler hats, even though at the time it was also not a common, <laughs> a common thing. And it's, I guess, still not a common common thing now so i thought oh bowler hat it is actually a charlie chaplin <laughs> same thing so good job with that one um and i was like oh i'll just put it so i do take a lot of pictures outside on my balcony because i always like when i look out it just like looks nice and and i didn't want to this is part laziness because I didn't want to go anywhere. So I was like, I'm just going to put the little bike on, on this like little balcony ledge and then take a photo of it. And then, then it ended up turning out good. Like I was happy with it. So I was like, okay, I will send this. In. I did take other photos 
that I did not think were as surreal. Cause I started thinking like, I don't know how surreal this is because I thought too much about them. And part of surrealism is also being like a like autonomous, like just putting things down because it's supposed to be about unlocking your unconscious mind and putting whatever, whatever you're thinking about on the page or like, taking a photograph of it. So you're supposed to just like not really be thinking. And I was just thinking a lot. So that's why I sent this one. Cause I thought less about this photo than I did the other photos that I was taking. It is so hard to break out of the thinking because we're just like, I mean, I'm always, always about it. the intention What's behind it What's what are you trying to say? What, what's the message here? And then, and then we're like, surrealism is like, no, just, pile a bunch of toys in a pile and just see what happens and photograph it and see what it's like. I ended up getting a lecture from Matthew was like, oh, you should just play more. You should just sit down and play. And I'm thinking when, when, I'm, when, how, I don't, I, I have forgotten. Um, so I'm, I'm like you, it's like, it was so hard to break out of those, those old habits, but maybe with some practice, <laughs> we can get there. <laughs> It's so weird to be like we could we should practice playing. Yeah, as yeah, as adults, we would benefit from that, I'm sure. I think we would, but it's just such a strange concept to be thinking. And also, it's like the okay. So I used a bowler hat. You used a bowler hat. Came up up in some other photos. We all used it as this like this instant in into surrealism. And I'm like thinking, okay, guys, we gotta be more creative. We gotta come up with our own equivalent of the bowler hatted guy that is appropriate for um now and of course what i immediately pops into my head is we all should just use stormtroopers but then we've all been using stormtroopers so does that mean that every photo all these toy photos are just surrealist photos anyway uh <laughs> <laughs> i just took that too far didn't i i mean it's Possibly. Uh, certainly there are a lot of photographers who are using like stormtroopers in ways that could be like equated to surrealism. But it's like I because when I'm taking my photos, I'm like usually trying to be more realistic, get it to look more to real life. And so I don't know if like that is like I don't know if the act of toy photography, like, is it inherently surreal or is it like the photo that you're taking is what is surreal. Oh my, oh, let's, let's get your philosophy <laughs> friends on this one because that, my, my, my brain almost broke. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is something definitely inherently surreal about toy photography without a doubt, but which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. Sure. Like, I, I think also maybe what makes it surreal is like, because it's a photograph, you don't know what the person who took the picture was thinking. And so it could be surreal to you, but it could be completely normal for that person. Yeah, this is where... <laughs> okay, before we tie ourselves into a mental knot here, um, I also did a bowler-headed guy. <laughs> Yes, you did. Let me t <laughs> sorry. Let me talk about your photo. Let's talk about your photo before I start getting all like philosophical or something. We'll lose our audience completely if we're not careful. No, okay, okay. So I'm sorry, guys. I accidentally got a degree in philosophy. I didn't even mean to. This is this is why this is nonsense. I don't. Anyway, so Shelley's photo is a <laughs> Shelley's photograph is a landscape photograph she's got a shark in a canoe with an oar and then on the right hand side there's flowers that are kind of blurred out the canoe is going um from like the background into the towards like into the foreground and then right above that as if he's i don't know if he's jumping or if he's just floated away uh, but there is a guy in a boulder, bowler hat with his arms outstretched, kind of like Jack in the Titanic, just arms open wide. And he's seemingly floating towards like, 
like he's going to float. It basically looks like he's floating out of the frame, which I think is very cool. I don't know if this is one of those, I don't know if he's just floating alongside it and the sharks, they're in the clouds and the shark is boating or if he just jumped out of the boat. It's like a very, you can't tell if this is in the clouds or if they're in the water, which I also like because one, it's, I think to me, it's surreal because the shark is in a boat and sharks don't need boats to be in the water. But then if it's in the clouds and he's using a boat in the clouds, also surreal because would you really need a boat to be in the clouds? And then the guy's floating and he looks like he's, um, it does remind me of Magritte because Magritte also has fa like a famous series of photographs where it's called, um, I think it's called Rain Man. Maybe it's not called Rain Man. And I'm just thinking of the song, It's Raining Men. But it's, <laughs> but it's basically got a bunch of men in bowler hats coming down from the sky as if they're raindrops. And so I can't, I don't know if it's called Rain Man or if it's, um, but that photograph kind of reminds me of this, although this is a, um, but your photograph, the guy is like coming out of the, I do like it. It is, it's like very ethereal. Like it's very dreamlike, which is also a a thing of you know also part of surrealism is that that dream state, bringing out your dreams. I so struggle with this, and and as you're describing it, which um, it's a blue background, so that's kind of like we don't know if it's uh, if we're in the water or if in the sky, because you can read yeah. it both ways. But if I had a, if I'd had him tethered to the boat with a drooping string, I think then the photo would have made more sense because then he would be like the balloon escaping or rising above then I think that would have added to the absurdity. And then I really struggled with, do I have a shark back there or do I have a skeleton back there? Because when I was doing my research on surrealism before this, um, the those those grand themes of life and death and love were um, came up quite a bit. And I'm like, oh, I should have been a skeleton back there. So I photographed it and I sent it to you, but we both agreed that it definitely had a non- it was too serious. It totally took it in a different direction. So it's amazing. This whole process has been a real learning curve for me on just changing one item. And in this case, adding, I should have added the string. I think it would have made it a clearer message of him, fl the floating, the floatiness of him. Because now you can't tell, is he being ejected from the boat? Is he, is he the masthead on the boat? Is he the, I mean, what is he? And then, the red of all the little flowers, that's supposed to be like the wake of the boat. Oh, behind. okay. So the red. I could see that. It's, you know, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. That's why I was like, I feel like I coughed out because you sent me this photo and I was like, okay, that's like a little bit more surreal than mine because I felt like I'd copped out by just sending like, lobster wheels and being like it's called a lobsicle <laughs> like, <laughs> like i just um uh, yeah maybe if you did add a string to it then it would be more like he is a balloon next to the boat instead of like they're both floating together i think that there's it is uh, there is something to be said about them just both floating in a direction together like maybe they're both like flying through your dreams and then yeah or like you know just it's the new back to the future where you know they don't need roads it's just like a guy who could just fly and then a shark in a and it, boat it, 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 like the symbolism of the shark is what does that mean is he chasing the guy in the bowler hat and and why is it a guy in the bowler hat because again we're back to that the symbolism because that's what so much a part of surrealism is the symbolism of each of those elements, they all mean something. And yeah, I mean, are we just gonna take their symbolism and make it our own or should we create something new? But that's like, we could, that, that's like another hour right there. But I, th I think yeah. it's funny that sharks came up multiple times. 
Yeah, I actually took a shark photo too. Um, which I took, so I took a picture of a shark and a dolphin in a boat because I think it's just absurd that like marine animals are in a boat and then they're in a boat on the ground. They're not even in the water. It's just like <laughs> two, two like marine animals. They're both wearing bowler hats too. Cause I don't know what that says about surrealism, but I think that that is like maybe a symbol. It's interesting though, that like people have picked out like the bowler hat to use or even, and even like things in the clouds. Yeah. The, the clouds are definitely a recurring theme too, but maybe that's part of what we can do as toy photographers is pick and choose those symbolisms and use them as a shorthand to tie into this long history of art and immediately build on what's already come before. Sure. So should we, uh, now that we've uh, looked at ours and, and, uh, try to talk sensibly about them. Shall we move on into the community and see what they have to offer? Because there was some really beautiful photos came up. Yeah, people have done, did stellar, stellar, like much better than me at surrealism, I think. Some people took like photos every day that were surrealist and I just was like, I can't even take 10. I, I too admired that very much so. So we have uh, several images from the community that we wanted to talk about. And the first one we're going to go with is Tomek because it was a lot of the same, some of this, a lot of the same themes that had come up in the, what I was doing in my work, but in a really approached it in a completely different way. So this image is a blue background in a variation of blue from dark in the right-hand lower corner up to a lighter blue in the upper left-hand corner, horizontal orientation. We're kind of alluding to a blue clouds in the background, but smack in the middle of this is three Lego plates in the shape of white clouds layered on each other. So we feel like we have this puffy cloud uh, suspended in the middle of this blue field and hanging below it is a pink plastic brain. There you go. What do you think? What makes this surrealist? So he Tomic calls this brain fog. One, I just, I love puns. So it's just brilliant. I think the clouds are definitely indicative of like Magritte again with the clouds so uh, and then the blue you know the blue in the background and then the brain at the bottom which immediately is like what does it what does it mean your brain i just immediately yeah you see it and you're just like it's like an emoji two emojis together and you immediately guess the movie but it's like clouds and then a brain and in your, in your mind, it's just like in your mind, you're like, it's brain fog. You just immediately get it. So it's a photo that made you laugh. Yeah. Made you think and made you look at the world in a different way. Yeah. I immediately was like, oh, how many things can I think of that just you can take in a photograph? You look at it and you just understand the pun. Tomek is a master punster without a Yes. Oh. But you you just understand, like, oh, it is brain fog. And then you're like, it's so simple, but it makes so much sense. And it does immediately bring um, things that you think in your head onto a page, which is what surrealism is. It's like you're, what you're coming up with in your mind and then bringing it forward. And it's just so simple that you understand it. And, and it's, but... It's like saying to the world that your mind is so muddled with fog. It, it feels like a dream made real, but it could also be automatic writing, but yes. as a photograph. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He nailed it. He nailed surrealism. And he's definitely one of those people who did it one a day that made all the rest of us just, just basically shrivel up in a ball and go, I can't do this. 
Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so intimidating. He, he had, yeah, so everyone should just go, join us on MeWe yeah. so you can look at the hashtag because people have been posting their hashtag. It's hashtag TP underscore surreal. So you can look you can look at those on Instagram, but there's definitely so many other ones that are hidden in the MeWe community. So definitely find us there because then you could talk to like the actual people about what what they were thinking when they posted these. So get inside their minds. Hang out with us on MeWe. Yeah, hang out with us. Great. Okay, so I uh, really liked what Joseph had, uh, Colin Shaw had had created here, which is also an image that really just felt like, here's my box of toys. I'm going to throw them out on the ground and see what happens. And what his image is, is a white horse. It's a vertical basically very red feeling image that's the primary color we've got this white horse that's coming out very red and above it what would you say it feels like a a bunch I, of they're toy soldiers are they all toy soldiers i think so and they're going out in every different directions from a center hub about two or three inches above this white lego horse so you have this white Lego horse in a majestic prancing position and above it is the swirl of little small military figures with guns ablazing. It's definitely, you look at that and you're like, okay, what? that's surreal. What's going on here? What is going on there, Sabrina? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My philosophy major. She, I was so... As you were describing it, so I immediately looked at this and I was like, oh, it's definitely surreal. Why is it surreal is the question. And as you were describing it, I had noticed that it is, so it is a white horse and the soldiers are coming out and it kind of looks like clouds, like a puff of smoke. And so it reminds me of like, like a Hiroshima explosion. Yeah, it feels really warlike, that color. Like, it feels, it's like very poetic. It reminds me of the movie War Horse, in a sense, um, just because of the war figures. And then they're coming out of the horse in a cloud. So it just kind of looks like um, after a missile lands and then it explodes and then it comes comes outward and that you have that dust cloud that's that's what that reminds me of yeah it's crazy that he was able to make these little small plastic soldiers that you're more familiar with like in a toy story sort of situation yeah uh, emerging from this horse white you you think peace but also horses are used in war or have been in the past and and it's this combination of like peace, yet you're at war, it's chaos above, but the horse is very serene. There's a lot of tension. Yeah, he's labeled it balancing act. Like he's titled it balancing act. Um, so yeah, they do all look like they're balancing on top of the horse, which is also like very amazing. So I, I think I'm not even even I don't even know if he's really going for that, but that's how I feel about it. And so maybe I'm not sure if that's really an answer, but it's definitely surreal. And I think with surrealism, too, it's just a lot of symbolism. And then you are projecting your own thoughts on something. Yeah, it's giving you an opening to think differently about the world. Yes. And this definitely brings into that whole idea of war and peace and where do we stand and where's that tension point where's the balancing act between the two uh, yeah i think it would be different if it was a black horse versus a white horse i don't know white kind of represents peace a lot of times or like you know or surrender so could be that too yeah absolutely <laughs> and if he changed the instead of a red light if he'd gone with a green or a blue it would be a very yeah. different feel it'd be a little bit more calming than aggressive maybe yeah because it, it really because it, it you notice that on the left hand side where the horse is moving into it's darker than on the right which is lighter the red is is more diffuse so it's like moving into is it moving into the flames into the war right 
there's a lot going on in there. There is a lot. <laughs> you guys got to check it out. Another amazing image. Okay. Um, well, that takes us off to Matthew, which um, an, another one who, a uh, member of our community who did some crazy fun stuff. And this is a horizontal black and white. And the frame is divided in two. The upper half is out of focus. The bottom half is in focus. On the left-hand side is a car right side up moving towards a giraffe upside down that we only see their legs. I now, okay, I think I probably described that incorrectly. No, I, that's a good description. It's a it's also, it also has like, a reflection of the car is upside down, but then it also looks like it's right side up. So the 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 top of the frame is what we're seeing as the top of the image, and the giraffe is on its uh, facing to the left, and there's a car facing to the right. So there are these two figures facing each other, but the car is upside down and blurry and dark, and the giraffe is right side up and blurry and dark. And below that is a reflection of the car. It's super clear, and now it's right side up, and the giraffe is super clear and upside down. So basically, this is a big mind bender twist of auto mechanica against yeah. nature and giraffe who's upside down who's right side up who's clear who's obscured this one is like i just keep coming back to it and it's all black and white and you're just like whoa <laughs> yeah it, what's it there's it's crazy because there's only two objects in it but you're just like just like the other ones where there it's there's just most of the photos are like two objects which is surrealist in a sense because you're juxtaposing two things um and then you look at this photo and you're like which is when you look at it upside down is it going to be the same meaning because it's a reflection photo and then it's got two you know like it's the car versus the giraffe or is it the giraffe versus the car like and then it's upside down, but then when you flip it over, then it's also because it's a reflection photo that it's like right side up. Because when it's when it's uh, upside down, when it's the way it is now, and the yeah. car is right side up, the car feels like it's floating and it's attached to the sky or whatever the, the right. top is by its ceiling. So the car is right side up, but yet you know it's not correct. So it makes you keep coming back and looking again and again and again. What is going on here? It makes me feel like, like, it makes also, it makes you feel like, are you standing right side up? It makes you, what, uh, question where you are in space and time? That's a lot to ask for one photo. I'm just telling you that like because I've stared at this I've been looking at this photo a lot because um when you proposed it it's like it was one of the photos where I was looking at it and I I immediately was like how did you even accomplish this I can't even like it's just it really makes you think and it makes you think about other things that are not necessarily a car, car and a giraffe. It just makes you think. It makes you think about the bigger issues, doesn't it? Yeah. It evokes something when you're just looking at it as opposed, like, it's not even like looking at a car or looking at a giraffe. Your, your mind starts to wander about, like, other thoughts. I have to give Matthew a lot of credit because he really sees really well and the fact that he saw these two toys on the ground in his home he's got a house full of kids and could easily and just immediately saw that as a photo I yeah mean, I, I think that's a, a a true photographer just the ability to see i so admire that yeah and he did so there are so he did so many surrealist photos so many so many good ones too i had a hard time choosing i i mean there's the the brain and the the, the head the, the severed head and the di dark and the light and then there was that one with the 
the construction foam and the anvil. That was yeah. another good one. Yeah. And the See, pipe. Like... There's yeah, like what? one with a pipe coming out of like an elephant thing. Yeah. A lot. It's amazing that we can just do that in shorthand and knew exactly what we were talking about. Yes. Because that's how they just stick in your head so well. Yeah. Yeah. So again, check all these photos out on these guys. We'll give you some links uh, in the show notes so you can go check out these photos. But we really do recommend you come over to BeWe because we have great conversations. All right. Should we take on this one by Tobias? A fan yes. favorite. Yes. Yeah. So why did you choose this one, Sabrina? It's a photo of a zebra on top of a piece of like white background with then lines painted that are black to look like the zebra. And then the zebra is on top of it as if it is like camouflage. So you can you can tell it's a zebra, but the zebra is standing on top of like a piece of white paper with zebra stripes. And it's just like, is the zebra real coming out of the paper or is it just like you know your mind playing tricks on you it really makes you think about i don't know it makes me think about like camouflage like art how you camouflage into the world is this zebra like coming out of the paper or is it just walking on a paper and it's got zebra stripes so then but then i don't even know how to describe this photo <laughs> So I a just... lot. So another common theme in in surrealism is masks. And yeah. where is the mask? Is it are we behind the mask? What mask do we present as our public persona? And to me, this image is is taking that idea of foreground, background, uh, zebra on zebra stripes. Where is the real zebra? Is it the the small toy on the foreground or is, are we just seeing a small part of the larger zebra that it's standing on? I mean, there's just, there's where, where is the realism in this? And I think one of the beautiful things about this image, which makes it so arresting is the black lines that are running from the top to the bottom are not straight. They're like yes. they're hand drawn. The line goes from thick to thin, has edges. It's very organic. It looks and, like tree bark. Yeah. So, but is it a is it a tree? Is it is it a um, just texture? Is it part of a larger zebra? It's a lot of questions in such a simple image. There's one toy in it. This <laughs> is this is like. <laughs> The, this the surrealism was such a it's such a interesting challenge like the idea of it is interesting and then what people have come up with is interesting and then it just makes you think more and more about different things about art about the world and then how you're presenting your ideas like with your photography so surrealism is from what i from what you just said it feels like it's more about the idea and toys are just the method to the message. Yeah, I th I think, I think, yeah, I think that the toys are what you're using as your tool to present or express, yeah, to present or express like what you as an artist maybe are thinking or want to show. And it's the idea is, maybe that's why I like the MeWe community, because it really is just sort of attracted a group of people who are really into what's going on, the thought process, what's leading up to it. And this is just another example. Maybe that's why everyone went crazy with it, this idea, because it's, it's just a lot of fun. I have to say, though, that this, this particular zebra image to me does overlap into pop art, though. Yeah. Yeah, I th yeah, you're right. Or op art or whatever that was called at the time when people were really into optical illusions. There is definitely that element to it. It does have that vibe. Yeah, it could be a future challenge. <laughs> pop art. <laughs> oh, man. I'm already feeling the panic. <laughs> I'm already feeling the panic of pop art. Like, huh, yeah. It would be fun. I definitely would. It would be a fun thing to do. I'm just immediately like, I don't know what I would do for pop art. Okay, what? Well, let's panic. let's go back. Yeah, we'll go back to surrealism because we've already we're dealing with that. So, what's our next image? 
so the next image is um Sunny's Sunny's image and it is a um I'll, see I'm very bad at describing photos. This is a long waist photo but not landscape. It's a vertical. It's <laughs> Okay, this is this a- is this is my first time on the podcast. This is a vertical photo. <laughs> oh man, this is a vertical photo where the um there's a lot of negative space on like the the top. What is that? Like three quarters of the image, and then the bottom quarter of the image is got a moon, and then. Coming over the moon is a humpback whale, and then over the humpback whale is an astronaut. And it's a, the image is on like a really dark blue or black, like hint of, it's really black, but then it's like a hint of blue um, background. And then there's a little bit of light coming from like the left hand side of the photo. What do you think about this one? So this is definitely a uh, a beautiful image. This is really stunningly beautiful. This is the kind of image that I would definitely blow up and stick on my wall. That's I I do love it. It's the the small planet slash asteroid at the bottom has just such beautiful textures, illuminated on the left hand side with the white and just gives it a nice dimension, and then the humpback whale crossing the frame sort of lit from underneath, you really see its eye. So the, the way it's lit, you just really see those textures and the line of the fin. It just has this really elegant sort of S shape to it, very subtle S shape. So it's really like it's just just swimming casually through space. But it's like, why is there a humpback whale in space? And then above that, you have this little small lego white classic not a classic spaceman but just a little white astronaut floating above it just just reaching out is is he tethered is he touching it are they connected do they want to be connected and then you have this vastness of the dark space surrounding them and you just you feel the loneliness of this of the cool of the space and it's there's a lot going on here is it surreal though? See, I this is the kind of image that is like probably a thing that you see in your dreams, which is surreal in itself. It's like what reminds me of is like the you know the story of like the cow jumped over the moon, which is just absurd. But then, if you look at the whale floating, and then. If it was an, if it it's a spaceman, so if it was a diver, then you would be like, oh, it kind of makes sense because divers swim with whales. But then it's a spaceman, so there's a whale in space with a spaceman, and they're like swimming over or floating over like the asteroid or the moon. And so I think this is one of those things where it's like you can see it happening, and that makes it surreal. I think when you talk about it in terms of it feels like a dream. Yeah. Since the surrealists were all about the subconscious and and trying to access their dreams and what was going on in their dreams to to uh, discover what their true hopes and dreams and desires were. Yeah. Then this image makes sense to me as a surrealist image because it really does, like you say, feel like something that would inhabit your dreams. Yes. But I don't know as a art for like, this is where it's like, I don't know what people are considering surreal because the actual surrealists, there's only a handful of them that were considered surrealists. And then there are people who were doing surrealist art, but they were not part of the surrealist club as named by Andre Bertrand because he had a list of people. He was like, you're a surrealist because they had to follow certain rules. Um, to be considered surrealist and they had like a bunch of rules for what types of images or art or poetry is considered surreal and then there were people who were doing surrealist art but were not part of the club and then there are people who were ejected because Andre Breton did not like them 
<laughs> so the ultimate all boys club truly Tr truly it was like a very elite like the like original surrealist anyway not necessarily what happened afterwards where then people were then taking this idea and then bringing it into like their own and just taking and running with it so there yeah i guess there were very specific things that made things surreal and i don't know where any of our stuff lies because this could really could be very much a like a fantasy image yes it could uh add um I guess I I was formed in the '80s with um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which and which was what the whales the only thing that was saved from the planet. Yes, it was destroyed. yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So I, I I to me I I went there with it. So, uh, but I just the, the image is so beautiful. Just love everything about it. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful photo. Well, if our challenge inspires such amazing imagery, I got no problem with that. No. Yeah, me neither. It just makes me feel more like I need to try harder. <laughs> then you would be like my son would say, you'd be a try hard. I guess. I guess. You know what it is? It's pushing limits. And like, it's very cool to be part of this community because everyone is so um, help forthcoming with their like helping you or just giving you tips or just being very like, yeah, that was a great photo. You should try this. Or like, this is cool. I really love your work. Like everyone is so supportive of each other. And I think that's why I like it. Yeah. And the feedback that you get is not nice image. It's I like it because. Yeah. They tell you what they like about it and they push you to be, a, you know, push you to be better. So this brings us to uh, Mary's image, which, uh, truly is a cut above any what anyone else came up with and i immediately love this crazy image i'm not sure if either one of us could describe it it is i'll i'll try go for it here we go mary um so this is a it's a square image basically there's a bunch of yellow and purplish so it's purple and yellow and like a hint of green and it's those old like the original lego eyes that come in the blocks for like that came in the like those old lego like the le original lego set not the original lego sets but the lego sets that have like the little the where you can build a house and it's like that yellow block with the eyeball on it and the eyeballs are in this like shape that's like cubist and they're around in a circle and then it kind of looks like it's in a like a vortex i hope this is so all the eyes are surrounding and it they kind of create like a circle that goes towards a point and then in this like center of the point it kind of looks like like a little yellow, like a pinwheel and like all those colors are coming out of it. So it's like a paint swirl, but it's Lego eyeballs. Good job. <laughs> because this is undescribable. It's, uh... It really is. It's like cubist, but then not cubist. Cause like, there's no real cubes. Cause like, I know that those eyeballs are square, but then they don't look square. They just look like bendy circles that are being bent. I don't know. It's amazing. It reminds me of a nightmare. So if you were going to take your Lego bricks and swirl them in a bucket and swirling around and fall into them, into this vortex, you know, it also reminds me of the uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, with that color, yeah. Yeah, with that color, and nothing made sense, but everything makes sense. It's it, it's yeah. it's there, but not there. You get it, but you don't get it. The eyes, are they looking at you? Are they looking at each other? Why are their eyeballs here disassociated from everything else? Uh, it's, it's definitely taking everyday objects and turning them into something that makes you think and think outside of your normal perception definitely surrealist it's it's like the melting clocks of lego eyeballs oh perfect analogy yes because 
It is definitely the melting clocks of Lego. Yeah. It's so Mary has created the melting clocks of toy photography. <laughs> I'll just and, call and we it love right it. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they do look like they're melting, but the, but not but they're not really melting. It looks like the paint, like you swirl paint, but then it also reminds me of like that scene in Toy Story where, um, like Woody is being thrown in the garbage and all the toys are sucking them into the garbage can. Yeah, but it's like all Lego eyeballs. Yeah, this is a this is not a pleasant. This is definitely not a pleasant dream. No, it's it's scary. I like it though. Oh yeah, this is this I this is the kind of image I would love to see blown up really big on a gallery wall because I think it would be amazing. Yeah, it would be one of those ones where people walked into the gallery and would be like, "What is that?" And they would stand there for 20 minutes staring at it. Yeah. Being like, the colors are amazing. Like, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Mary. You, you blew us both away. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's 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 insane. It's So go check it out. Go find Mary. Give her some love. Okay, now that we've just uh, oohed and on about Mary's image, we wanted to end our podcast, which what both Sabrina and I feel as the queen of surrealist photography, Tourmaline. So we had many, many images to choose from because Tourmaline is, all of her images are surrealist and or have that flavor to them. But we chose one which we think is a great way to end this podcast. So Sabrina, do you want to take this one? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a vertical. I've learned it now. This is a vertical photo. The background is like a prism or it's like that. Um, it very much looks like the like wrapping paper, but the kind that you, that sparkles. So it's a, like very sparkly background that's silver. And then on the left-hand side is a, it's like a, I guess it's a skeletal model, but it's not a skeleton. It's got the musculature and it's a figure that's kind of looking down. Its arms are one of like his left arm is bent. And then the right hand is like in like a thinking pose. And then next to it is a wire chair full of pink brains like pink toy brains and then there's three brains on the floor next to kind of spread out next to the chair so tourmaline does a lot of interesting photos with toys that don't necessarily have a strong backstory and this this sort of clear plastic i'm assuming it's about it maybe a six inch figure with the red inside, sort of giving it a see-through look. I, I I don't know if those are supposed to be organs or like the blood s streaming through this figure it's, or they're just pegs keeping it together. It's hard to tell or maybe it's all the same thing. And, and so using these generic figures, they really sort of put us into her image, the everyman or looking at the human race in this sort of a more abstract way, which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, I remember when she took a doll and painted it all white and a dollhouse all white. So it was this figure that was all white in an all white dollhouse, all white furniture. And she seems to be doing the same thing with a gold one right now. Yeah. She does a lot of like monochrom monochromatic, but in a really interesting way. But this one where we have the this see-through body holding but with no brain it clearly has no brain in it yeah uh, just the the red stem coming up holding a brain next to a chair full of brains it's it, it's very has a as a outside in feel to it yes like um like uh, it's it's one of the yeah because the figure is next to a chair full of brains and so is the brain that the figure is holding in their hand? Is that your, is that, you know, the figure's brain? Is it looking for his mind, you know, in like a <laughs> sea of brains? 
like he's lost it and then he's like is this one mine and then what would that say about like it, one of those like if you're you know if you put your brain into another body is it still you it's so questions. many questions and, and i love the fact that it's both super serious because it's like figure brain like what's going on choosing your brain with you know, humans without brains, I mean, many, we've often been, you know, accused ourselves of losing our brains, but it's still, it's funny because it's like, are they, are they finding their brain? Are they, are they sweeping up the brains? Cause there's some have fallen to the ground. Yeah. It's like, like you're like, you, you don't know where you stand in this photo and it really is the best of creating surrealist, creating a new, uh, new symbolism in, in our modern world and creating that in, in, in this imagery with just, just one or two props and putting them together in a way that really makes you think about what, what is going on? What dream world have we entered? What new fresh hell is this? Right. Yeah. And you know, it also is like, is that person, is, did we, she just take a photo, you know, like if this was one of those like decisive moment photos, it's like, are they just are they just picking up their brain and then just kind of put it on the chair like and then that's that's it like that's all it means or is it like I really can't find you know my brain um, or you know or is it like okay I can't find myself because you know is yourself just your brain <laughs> or you know, there's so many questions yeah it's like what came what what's the image that came right before this and what is going to be the image that comes right after this yeah you. You really, you really want to know what's going on here. I mean, did he just stumble across a chair full of brains, or, or did, or did he grow the brains and he's creating the chair full of brains? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's looking at the brains too. He's looking at the brains in the chair, or like he or she, or you know, the, the figure is looking at the chair full of brains. It's not looking at the brain in the hand yeah so yeah maybe it's quality control <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but what's what makes all of tourmaline's images so much fun is because they they really for me anyway is that they just open up the possibilities of what you can do with toys where you can take them how you can interpret them and i always feel like i have stepped into a very unique world yeah um she is one of the so she is the first toy photographer that i've seen in person she's one of the first people i have seen in, in person like um on a zoom call and so um but yeah she does so many things that are very different from from me and then she just takes photographs that are like on another level like another I don't even know how to describe it. It's beautiful. And it's, it's worth checking out. And she has a really extensive writing on her blog and she has revisited surrealism multiple times. Yes. So if you're interested in learning more about how you can uh, bring this sort of crazy, fun, unexpected aesthetic into your toy photography, I definitely recommend checking out Tourmaline's blog and reading some of her posts about surrealism and some of her, her techniques that she uses in her photos. Yeah, if you, if you do Google toy photography and surrealism, I, her blog post comes up for her page and then also for the toy photographers one. She's, I think she's the only one that's written about, she's one of the few people that's written about surrealism and toy photography. So um, you'll be able to find it very quickly. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll definitely link to that on the blog post. So if you get to this before the blog post, check out toyphotographers.com and it will have a link back to Tourmaline and her website on that. So Sabrina, this has been absolutely fascinating and you definitely uh, fun partner on the, on the podcast. So thanks for coming along and getting over your, uh, your, 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 your shyness and your, your trepidation. Yeah, this has been a blast. And yes, for someone who's been a fan of the, the podcast, this is again, surreal. <laughs> <laughs> 
the pun is definitely intended but th yeah this is uh this has been very crazy uh to be on the podcast is just mind-blowing to me because like i listen to it on my way to work all the time <laughs> like so will you, you listen to the one of you on it though what i i don't know because it's it's very strange to hear your own voice i i hear that i i recommend listening to I it. I probably will. I will definitely listen to it, but it's one of those I need to get over. Um, yeah, get over my worries. <laughs> oh, no, this has been a lot of fun. Did we, was there anything that we didn't cover about surrealism that any last parting words about this super fun genre? Definitely spend some time like looking into the history of surrealism. There's like definitely a lot of very cool, um, videos and documentaries on surrealists and um you know, the other photographers so i wrote a, a pod uh i wrote a blog post too about surrealism that probably will be attached to this podcast or the podcast will be attached to i don't know but um definitely check out documentaries on surrealism and there's um and then join us on MeWe so you can look at everyone else's uh surrealist photos because there are some crazy ones out there yeah it was a it was a fun challenge and next month we are taking on earth day with in the army we community where we're talking about environmental issues both positive and negative ones so we we don't want it to be all doom and gloom there are solutions and we're just going to celebrate the Earth and Earth Day throughout the month of April. So come join us. And it's a fun and lively group. So if you're interested, uh, there'll be a link to that on the blog as well. So Sabrina, thank you so much for joining me. That was a ton of fun. And I hope you'll come back and we can take on maybe some other art history, genre, pop art, impressionism. I, futurism futurism i yeah i would love to this is this has been very very fun i'd love to do it again um yeah thank you for inviting me shelly because this is this has been a dream true well, dream it, it was my pleasure so everyone we will see you uh uh on uh, on the blog and in me we and if you have any questions uh just drop us a line uh, follow us, uh, follow the blog, follow us on uh, Instagram, tell your friends. And if you have any topics you want us to, Sabrina and I, to dissect, you know, leave those in the comments too and we'll, we'll see what we can do. So thanks for listening and we'll see you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photoblog, or on Instagram, at underscore toyphotographers underscore. Thanks again for listening.